right. Good morning, Christ Church. Hey, it's great to be uh, great to be with you today. I'm Pastor Bob, one of the pastors here, and uh, we are launching into a new series uh, today uh, called uh, "The Vow." Right, and uh, obviously, we're going to be uh, spending this week and the next two weeks talking about that experience uh, and that relationship of uh, marriage. And uh, for some of you, you hear that and say, "Oh, good. Okay, I can take the next two weeks off." <laughs> Yeah. No, no, you can't. No, you can't, right? Maybe you're a single person, and that's great. God loves single people, purposes, intention. That's wonderful, right? But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, we don't know what your future is, and it may involve somebody coming into your life, uh, so you, you, you better get ready for that, right? Uh, or you may be a person who's already been married, and it didn't work out so good, and you're saying, been there, done that, no anything to do with that. Well, I'd encourage you to come anyway, because a uh, good thing to figure out uh, what, what happened. Why, why'd it go the way, way it went, right? Uh, and for all of us, I suspect that all of us know somebody who is married, and the probability is we know somebody who is in a marriage that's not doing so well. Uh, and I absolutely believe that God is going to use you through this series to speak into their life, right? Uh, so good for all of us. Uh, to go ahead and walk these weeks thinking, talking, learning from Scripture about this experience and what the Bible has to say uh, about, uh, about marriage. Now, the truth is, uh, marriage is a gamble. Uh, it's a gamble, given our culture and the way things are uh, these, these days. And uh, even though it's a gamble, we have that opportunity as Christ followers to be able to position ourselves to have good, successful, and flourishing uh, marriages. And yet we do that in light of the difficulty and the reality of the work that marriage is and the odds uh, about marriage itself. Uh, so I suspect that if uh, you had uh, a whole life savings worth of resources and you decided to get on a plane and fly down to Las Vegas and you took your total life resources and walked up to that table where you could just kind of set it down on red or black and you realize that in doing that, you had a 50% chance of winning, which, of course, means you have a 50% chance of losing, right? How many are up for that bet? Yeah, not a lot of people, right? Now, if you could do the same thing, knowing that you had a 60%, 70%, 80% chance of winning, would it change your eagerness to place the bet? Might have some influence, right? Absolutely. So how many of you think your marriage could use some work? No, don't raise your hands. Don't do that. Not, not. But right, ask in your head, right? If you could position yourself so that your marriage had the greater opportunity of success, wouldn't you be willing to make that bet? In our culture right now, the reality is that roughly 50% of marriages end in uh, failure. And on a broad perspective, that's true for uh, non-believers, and that's true for believers. But if you dig down into the data, right, if you wander a little bit deeper into the data, what you'll find that is if you are a Christ follower, and you're a Christ follower who regularly attends worship, who is engaged in growing your own personal faith through Bible study, uh, who is actively involved in spiritual disciplines of growing your faith in Christ, you have a 35% greater possibility that your marriage will not only succeed, but will flourish. 
Do you see how the odds change? Right? How do we position ourselves so that our marriages can succeed? And now, this is a challenge if you're there this morning and uh, you're maybe not a believer, right? What we're going to share with you in this series is, is hopefully going to show you the impact that Christ makes uh, in lives and in relationships. And what we're going to talk about, especially today, is not just about marriage focus. Well, it's obviously marriage focus, but it'll show some impact in terms of our general uh, relationships. Uh, there's great wisdom in the Scripture. Proverbs, Book of Wisdom, says, A house is built by wisdom it becomes strong through good sense. That's good sense, isn't it? Absolutely. But the reality is, if you're married, you are building a marriage. Now, you may be building that marriage well, or you may not be building that marriage well. Which would be easier for you? Well, okay, the box shows up, the Amazon truck delivers the box, you pull the thing out of the box, there's a thousand different parts, and you're supposed to put it together. What is easier, trying to do it on your own or actually reading the directions? Guys, I know you don't like that answer. Right? But the answer is, obviously, if you read the directions, you've got greater probability of putting yourself in a position of succeeding and putting that, whatever it is, actually together and having it work. Right? Well, the same is true when it comes to our relationships and when it comes to this experience uh, of marriage. That we can just use some good sense in understanding if we follow the guy who designed it, then we're probably going to have a greater opportunity at succeeding. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. What we're suggesting is that when it comes to your relationships, and specifically your marriage relationship, that it would be good common sense for you to listen to the one who designed the universe. If he can design the universe, if he can create relationship, he knows how they ought to work, and he knows how they can flourish and how they can become incredible. Are you with me so far? That's good common sense, right? What does it mean then? Let's apply it. Well, it means if you're going to build your marriage or if you're going to build other relationships, if you're going to build your marriage in specific, position God first and your spouse second. That's simple. Position God first and your spouse second. It means you've got to be all in in following Christ. You've got, you got to put all in in following Jesus and His wisdom and His words. You've got to just be all in in this thing called faith. You go all in in following Christ. And the impact is you will then be able to keep your spouse second. Now, both segments of this commitment is important, right? Put God first, important, vital, absolutely. Second section, put spouse second. So what we're going to do this morning is deal first with the first one, and then we'll deal with the second one. So hang in there, follow along. You ready to go? Proverbs, that book of wisdom says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. So what's the foundation of just being smart about things? Well, fear of the Lord, that is understanding God, putting God in that position is what he's saying, right? Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. When you put God in the first position, you have to understand it's going to have results. You see, we don't have a passive God. We don't have a God that's just wandering up in the heavenly realms wondering what to do today. 
We have an intentional God. We have a God who is, is in His nature involved in people's lives. He is active all the time. Every single minute of the universe's day, He is engaged. We have an active God, and when that active God becomes the focus of your life, that's going to have results in you. It's going to impact how you think. It's going to impact decisions you make. It's going to impact your viewpoint around life. And it will impact the way you see your wife or your husband. I've been in ministry for 39 plus years, right? Uh, here's one thing I've seen. When young couples are dating and they come into my office and they want to get married and they're, you know, madly in love with each other. And, and I say, well, tell me something good about this person you want to marry. Man, they can put together a list. They're wonderful. They're incredible. They're kind. They're compassionate. Usually they don't say patient, but wonderful, combined, compassionate. You know, they got the list, right? I see them five years later and I say, tell me what's on your list. It's not that stuff. It's the stuff that's wrong with them. And the irony is the list that's wrong with them is longer than the list they first started with that's right with them. What has happened? In the years of marriage, they have shifted how they see their spouse. The lens, the eyes with which they look at their partner. When you put God first, you take on His lens. You take on His viewpoint. You, you look with his eyes at those around you, and particularly at your spouse. And you begin to see them with compassion, with kindness, with grace, with forgiveness. You see them differently. You see, when you put God first, it results in changing who you are and how you are. That's why Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. What's the key word? I highlighted it in case you missed it. Answer is all. Yeah, all. Absolutely all. Put him absolutely all. First. All in. First. Right? Now, you may hear that and say, well, well, well wait a minute. If, I, if, if God's all in my heart, then where's there room for my spouse? What, what you understand, this is the way God designed relationship. That when we're all about Him, the results of His work in our life flows into our other relationships. When we're all about Him, He works in our life. He recreates us. He reorients us. He makes us something that we aren't from the beginning, and He changes the way we flow into our other relationships, and in particular, into our marriage relationships. That's why Jesus continues the verse saying, this is the first and greatest commandment. So what's first? Keep God first. But what's second? A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. What happens? You start with the relationship with Christ, and that influences results in how you flow and your love flows into the life of those around you, in particular, your spouse. So he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else first. And live righteously. How do you live righteously? Well, when you seek the kingdom of God, there's results. And that's going to get you right with God, but it's going to make you live right. And you're going to see your spouse right. You're going to flow into your spouse right. You're going to love your spouse right. You're going to forgive your spouse right. You're going to display compassion right. You see how it works? That when you put God first, 
Those results are getting you right with Him, and therefore, you can be right with others. If you don't do that, then you're just building your own house, and I'm telling you, you're just going to be wasting a lot of life. Now, I know this in my own life. Jill and I have been married for uh, 42-plus years. She'll say 43 because it's longer for her than me, I think. But nonetheless, we've been married a long time, right? And I, I can tell you, from my own experience, I can tell you, when I am not in tune with Christ, I'm not in tune with her. When, when I'm just not thinking right with Christ, it shows up in my marriage relationship. This is just the design. This is the way it flows. If you're not convinced yet, let me prove it to you by taking you back to Genesis 2. You remember Genesis 2? In Genesis where God creates everything, right? And part of what He creates is He creates Adam, right? He creates the relationship with man. And ladies, I use that in a generic term, so all-inclusive, okay? So He creates Adam. So think about this. What is the first relationship that God creates. After He creates His creation, the first relationship He creates is a relationship with man, God and man. And yet God looks at the experience of man and says, there can be more. There can be the joy of more relationships. So He creates a second relationship, and that's the relationship of Adam to Eve, which came first. The relationship God to man, which came second. The relationship of Adam to Eve. He brings Eve to Adam. Adam says, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother's joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This explains what? Well, this explains the flow in the order of relationship the way God created it. Number one, first is his relationship with God and man. And number two is our relationships with one another. And one flows from the other. That having a great relationship with God changes who we are, makes us right with him, but it also flows into our relationships with other people, in particular, with our spouse. So what does this mean? Well, if you're out there and you're single right now and you're hoping, hoping to be married, uh, well, start here. Make a vow today that you will position God first while preparing for your second. Don't, don't wait for somebody to show up. Start now. Put God first in your life. Start working on your faith relationship. Work on your relationship with Christ. Get yourself into that position with Christ so that you can better flow into other relationships. And then potentially, if that's what's in store for you, that other person will show up uh, in your life. Uh, Pastor Andy Stanley says it this way. Love that guy. He says it this way. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. Make sense? You get it? Become the person you're looking for is looking for, right? So if you're looking for a godly uh, spouse, right? If you're looking for a godly man, be a godly woman. If you're looking for a godly woman, be a godly man, right? Be that person that someone is going to be looking for. If you're married, you need to make a vow today. Just make the vow today. I vow I will position God first and my spouse second.
Now, hopefully I've made some conviction in your heart about putting God first. Yeah? Amen? All right, got there with a few of you. Okay? <laughs> but, uh, man, think about it. You got to just, if you're not a believer, think about it. This is the way it works, right? So put God first. Please, please, please. Put God first. The equally important statement is the second one. Put your spouse second. That means everything else and everyone else comes after. This is really important. There's this phenomena that happens when children come into our marriage. And those kids, as wonderful and beautiful a gift that they are, they infringe upon our position. And they seek to get more and more position in our family relationship. But you have to make sure, husbands and wives, you have to make sure if kids come along in your life that you keep them positioned in number three. Right? So make a vow. I vow I will not place my children or other family over my spouse. Now, if you're wondering about this, go home this afternoon, sit down with your calendar, and see how much time you give to your spouse and how much time you give to your kids. See how those kids can take over? It is the way it is. Go look at your calendar. See how much they can take over. Now understand, this is not being cruel. This is getting your family in the order that God designed. And it is the best thing you can do for your kids' marriage, if that's what happens with them. It is the best thing you can do for your kids to teach them this order. Right? Teach them for their marriage's sake, for the possibility of their marriage. Make sure you teach them that they come number three. What does that look like? I see this happen all the time. What does that look like? You're in conversation with your husband, or you're in conversation with your wife, and Johnny or Susie come up and they start pulling uh, right on your skirt, or they start pulling on your shirt, wanting your attention, and you're talking to your spouse. What happens? Here's what ought to happen. Johnny, I love you, but I'm talking to your dad, or I'm talking to your mom. I'll be with you as soon as we're done. What position did you just teach them they're in? You just taught them the principle we're talking about, that yes, you love them, yes, they're important, but nothing in that moment is more important than your spouse. Now, make sure you look them over and there's no blood pouring out anywhere, okay? Right? We're not talking about, you know, life-threatening issues here, right? But, you know, usually it's not life-threatening when they want your attention. And you've got to be able to stand your ground and simply teach them every day the order of this relationship. I love you. I want to hear what you have to say. But right now, I'm talking to your father. I love you. I want to hear what you have to say. I'll give you all the time uh, later. But right now, I'm talking to your mother. And you show them. You display. You teach them the order of things. The Bible says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they'll not leave it. Meaning, this is how they learn it. This is how they understand the principle that we're talking about today. It starts with God, and it flows into your spouse. And then it flows into your kids and into your other family members. Other family members, I hope you're listening to this morning. 
give you a little bit of a challenge. Notice that Jesus said this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and joined his wife, the two united into one. Moms and dads, one of the best things you can do for your married kids, get out of the way. Stop expecting them to put you in a priority. You're not anymore. You were. Thank you. Well done. But don't expect that position anymore. That's not the way God designed it. God first, spouse second. Kids third, everybody else follows. Serve your kids. Serve your kids the way you serve them growing them up. Serve your kids by putting their marriage above your relationship with them. Serve them by putting their relationship more important than your relationship to them. Now, does this mean that we abandon them? No, of course not. Does it mean they abandon and shun us? No, of course not. Those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Of course not. What we're talking about here is priorities of relationship. God first, spouse second. Kids third, everybody else follows. Now, why is this all important? I'll give you a quick summary image. Parenting is a temp job. Marriage is for life. Got to remember this. That when it comes to this parenting thing, it's, it's a temporary job. But your spouse, that commitment to one another, that continues. And when those kids are gone, guess who's going to be looking at you across the table? So build that relationship now. God first, spouse second. Okay, so I've been in your face a little bit. Let me keep going. I kind of like that once in a while. So I'm going to challenge you guys out there. Uh, and start with you guys. Now, next week, we're going to talk about husbands and wives, what this looks like, right? But I want to be upfront with you guys for a minute, okay? Because this is what uh, Paul, a single guy, but he understood how it worked. This is what he describes for you guys, for we guys. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church, right? There's the flow, right? Love God first, right? He was faithful to the Father, but that flowed into what he was willing to do for the bride of Christ, the church, right? How are we supposed to love? Like he did. How did he love? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. What does this mean? Guys, lay down your life for two things, Christ and your bride. Lay down your life for Christ and for your spouse. Get serious about putting God first in your life. I have to tell you, in all my years of ministry, I have yet to have a wife come into my office, sit down in tears, and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. My husband keeps going to Bible study. It's just driving me crazy. I've never had that. Never had that. I have had the opposite. Pastor, I don't know what to do. My husband won't take his faith seriously. There's a distance between us. I don't, I don't know how to get over it. I don't know what to do. Husbands, your wives want you to get serious about your faith. They want you to get serious 
about your walk with Christ. Because how you walk with Christ or don't walk with Christ influences how you walk with them. The call today is make the commitment, make the vow to team up with your spouse in your faith walk. Team up with your spouse in your faith walk. Now, the Bible warns us about who we team up with, and there's lots of things that can draw our attention, our time, uh, uh, our affection, our, you know, all of our interests, right? Today, it's God first, spouse second. Don't team up with those that are unbelievers. Don't let your life get captured by all the other stuff of the world. No, focus on God first, your spouse second. That means you team up with your wife. You team up spiritually with your husband. What does that look like? You've probably seen me do this before, but I love this diagram. You start out down here, a husband and a wife, and, and you put Christ in charge of your life, and you start growing yourself in Christ. You start growing yourself in your faith walk. Get in a small group. Guys, get with some other Christ-following guys. Start growing your faith. Start talking about life together in faith, right? Ladies, you the same thing. Get engaged in that stuff. Start growing yourself spiritually in Christ, in your faith walk. And what will happen, it's the design. As you grow spiritually in your faith walk, that's going to flow into your other relationships, and it's going to flow into your marriage, even down to praying with your spouse. Lots of times, couples say, man, we just can't seem to get that going. I just, you know, don't know how to do that. It feels uncomfortable. Okay, that's fine. Just start here. Pray every day for your spouse. Then you'll learn to pray with your spouse. Just start there. Just start by saying, you know what? I'm going to pray every day for my spouse. Grow your faith. Walk with Christ. Put him first. I'm going to start praying for my spouse every single day. As you start praying for your spouse, you're going to find yourself starting to ask questions like, hey, is there anything in your life I, I could pray about? Anything going on that's important I should know about that I could, could lift up for you? And what's going to happen is as you keep praying for your spouse and you're both doing this, the day's going to come when you say, hey, is there anything going on that I could pray about in your life? They're going to tell you something and you're going to say, wow, that is really important. Let's pray about it now. And you'll pray together, and it will be easy. You see, start by putting God first, your spouse second. The result is it changes the flow of how you see your spouse, how you act in your marriage, and the foundation of your marriage. Paul says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your what? Because of your that's what love looks like. That's the way God looked at you. We just celebrated Easter. God looked at you and said he loved you. In spite of your faults, in spite of your failures, he looked at you and said, I'm ready to die for you. And now he invites you to step into the same role, to be able to look at others around you. In particular, most importantly, if you're married, to look at your spouse and say, I'm going to look at my spouse with the same viewpoint and be ready to give up everything else. I'm going to look at my spouse the same way Christ looked at me. I'm going to put God first, my spouse second, and that's going to position my marriage 
for the opportunity to be successful and to flourish. Let's pray. Father, thanks that you uh, love us so much that you look at us with eyes of great, uh, great grace and compassion, that you uh, actively work in our everyday so that we can grow more and more to be like you, to be not only right with you, but to be like you, and to be able to let that flow into the relationships around us, uh, especially into our marriage relationships. And so as we start this uh, journey today, we ask that these next weeks would be powerful weeks of your working in our marriages and just in us in general in understanding relationships. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you would just continue to guide us and show us, build on our lives the opportunity for our relationships and our marriages to flourish and to look more and more like you. We thank you now for all this goodness and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.